Welcome to From A to Zigzag, a podcast featuring creative practices in Southeast Asia. Join me, Nadia Wang, as I chat with guests about the foundation of the illustrious careers and the decisions and happenstance that have shaped them. For this episode, I'm pleased to be speaking with Renee Ting, founding director of Singapore Art Book Fair. Hi, Renee. Hi. So let's start at point A. Um, could you speak about your education in school that planted the seeds for your creative practice? Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, education in school. I don't think I had any. Okay, so like I stopped at secondary school. Um, I didn't continue because I think, I feel like at, at the age of 16, it's a bit presumptuous to, or rather it's a bit presumptuous to, for a 16 year old to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. So I think at that point, I was kind of like, I don't really know what I want to do yet. Um, and I don't want to go into school kind of wasting time and wasting money on something that like, I was not sure I was going to continue. Uh, so I, I, my plan at the time was just to come out and work first. Um, yeah, so I think like, I feel like planting seeds of creative practice, I feel like that kind of came from my parents because um, my dad's a practicing artist and my, and my mom's um, like his, his manager or something. Like she was the one who basically brought in all the projects. Um, so yeah, I think I kind of grew up in that environment, like the duality of um, creative and like the, the creativeness and the practicality of things. Mm. So what did you do when you left school? What were, you know, the jobs that you took or the projects that you took on? Um, I think the very first job that I worked at at 16 uh, was in a bakery. Um, I sold bread and cakes. Uh, and then I moved on to, I think I did like waitressing at some point. Um, I taught like primary school kids. I just did like basically odd jobs here and there. Um, and then in 2010, I joined a bookstore and I was there for about seven years. So I think that was kind of the bulk of where like I learned a lot of, uh, a lot of things that I still use today. Um, yeah. And what were some of the skills that you picked up at a bookstore um, that you say, you know, you, you still um, make use of today? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like every, almost everything, I think I, I learned quite a lot um, when I was there. So, you know, I mean, from things like customer service to sales to um, managing a team to even designing, I had to, I had to learn everything from scratch. So, I, you know, designing like collaterals or designing like uh, digital, digital images and all of that, uh, dealing with suppliers, designers, artists, everything. I think, um, yeah, I feel like, and then, and then later on, you know, I brought that out and further into, after I left, you know, I brought that further into like project managing, um, doing events and such. Mm. And what it made you leave the, the job after seven years? And then what did you go into? Um, so I left in 2017. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember this. 2017, yeah. Uh, and I think, so the, the Singapore Apple Fair kind of started in 2013 while I was still there. Um, and it was kind of always my thing anyway. It was like uh, something that I spearheaded um, under the umbrella of you know my work at the bookstore. So I feel like, Leaving in 2017, I, I decided that it was only right and natural to kind of 
um, take on and take over the, the Singapore Outlook Fair and run it alone um, in ways that I felt was right. Because I think uh, there were a lot of limitations back then that I felt like I couldn't do because I was too busy or I was, too, I was doing a lot of other things. So there was no real focus on um, growing the Singapore Outlook Fair like how I wanted to do it. So I think when I left and I took it over and I made it independent was kind of when I, I um, was given a lot of, or rather given like all the freedom to run it in the way I want to, yeah. So if we backtrack to 2013 when Singapore Abu Fair first started, um, how were you involved and you know, what was putting that together like? Um, it was essentially, I think it started because like the organizers of Tokyo Abu Fair approached us uh, to, and went like, you know, hey, you should do one for Singapore because there isn't one in Singapore. So we were like, okay, um, yeah, sure. Let's, let's find a location. And then we, we had a location and they were like, um, let's set a date, maybe like, you know, two months later. And I think a month before, because we were so also busy with other things. Um, so a month before the fair, we were all kind of scrambling and going like, nothing is done. So basically it was me and this other girl from like um, a design agency back then, uh, just two of us just kind of making phone calls and going like, hey, do you want to participate in this thing that we're starting? It's called the Singapore Outlook Fair. It's just like us calling friends um, and really just kind of putting everything together in a month. It was very, it was very haphazard, but I think it was, um, it was good for what, for, for the situation back then and what we had. Yeah. And how was it received? Like, you know, what was the crowd like and what was the reception like? And, and how did that, you know, transition then into the second year when perhaps you had more time to put it together? I think in 2013, um, I mean, so we had, a, we had about 30 plus, I feel like I'm remembering this wrong, I'm sorry. We had about 30 plus to 40 exhibitors um, and over one weekend, maybe around like a thousand people. Um, and it was only, it was during that weekend that uh, I was approached by Uta from CCA, um, whose building was just down the road uh, from the fair. And she, she walked in and she was like, oh, you know, are you, are you running this? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And she was like, do you have time? I have a space that I want to host your event at. So she brought me over. And I think that was kind of where it all began. And I feel like, um, I mean, to this day, I feel like I'm still grateful for that very moment because I think that was when it opened up a lot of things for us. Uh, when we walked over to CCA and saw this like huge space. Um, and yeah, she was like, you know, yeah, we, we can host it here. So that year, I think, um, I think we had like 50 to 60 exhibitors. Um, and at that time it was kind of still very, very slowly growing. And then at some point we went to Art Science Museum um, and then back to Gilman Barracks in 2017. So it was kind of like all over the place. There was no, no real um, direction. There was no real curation. Um, I think only in 2018 when I took it over and I, and I decided to make a very intentional change to everything, right? Like, so from the branding of the Outlook Fair to the way we operated, to um, the design, to uh, how we kind of obtained exhibitors, um, yeah, so in 2018 was kind of when like we basically, yeah, I mean, literally everything changed. Like, like we, we did an entire rebranding. We um, opened up the exhibitor open call um, to accommodate for local and international exhibitors. Uh, yeah, and I think that was when we saw like exponential growth 
Um, so in 2018, we hosted about 70 exhibitors and we had about 4,000 people in one weekend. And then 2019 was, was that huge jump when we had about um, slightly under 80 exhibitors, but we had like 7,000 people. Um, yeah, and then 20, and then like COVID happened, you know. So I think like progressively it, it's been growing and I feel like um, people are slowly seeing the value of artist books and art books and zines. Um, yeah. Okay, and can you talk also about, you know, the team that makes it all happen? So if you think about when you went independent, right, in uh, for the 2018 edition, mm. how did you put it all together? Who were, you know, your A-team and how did you work together as well? Yeah, um, the team is essentially three people. So for a fair this big, it's, a, it's, a, it's an extremely small team. It's myself and two other people. Uh, one person helps me with marketing and communications and the other person helps me with the logistics and the administration and the management of the fair. Um, and then we have designers who are, you know, so we always use currency who basically handles our design and branding and visual identity and all that. But the core team of uh, the fair is essentially just the three of us. Um, yeah, I think uh, every, I feel like, so because it's a fair that happens once a year, um, six months before I start to assemble a team. So they're usually made of like either freelancers or you know friends that are working in the arts that I want to work with um, for the edition. Uh, yeah, so I think like this year we have um, Seth who's helping us with marketing and Chihiro who helps us with the fair management. Um, and it's just the three of us really putting <laughs> the, this behemoth of an event together that you see, um, yeah. Cool. And I mean, I know that you do other things as well, right? So you're not just the founding director of Singapore Art Book Fair, but you're also um, like a producer, an artist. How do you balance everything? And do you kind of put the other projects on like the back burner when SGABF is about to happen or how, how does it work? Yeah, so I think like previously, um, I think in from 2020, sorry, 2021 and before I was working on quite a few major um art exhibition slash events. Um, so I've worked on the return show for the Venice Biennale. Uh, I've worked on State of Motion. I've worked on various other things that I don't remember now. <laughs> um, but essentially it, it's what funds, it's what feeds me and it's what feeds the Art Book Fair. It's what funds the Art Book Fair. Um, uh, I take it all, I, I work on projects outside of the six months that I'm working on um, the art book fair and even you know maybe like three months into it I'm still kind of uh, multitasking um, and then a month before or the month of the art book fair nobody touches me like I don't reply anything that is not related to the art book fair because I think that is when it starts to get you know super intense and I need like full attention um, but yeah I think essentially it's a lot of multitasking uh, and a lot of wearing different hats um, at, at very at almost always the same time. Um, from this year onwards, I, I decided to kind of focus most of my attention or my full attention on growing the art book, uh, I want to say community, I'm not sure, art book culture and art book blog <laughs> in Singapore. Uh, so I recently started an online art book shop called Thing Books. Um, 
and so I'll be, I'm working on that full time as well as the Singapore Apple Fair. Right. I, I noticed mm-hmm. on the website that um, Singapore Apple Fair is organized by ThinkBooks. So is that now sort of like the holding entity? Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's like the, it's the, I mean, it's a bit like Printed Matter and New York Apple Fair or LA Apple Fair. Um, so Printed Matter is the bookstore and then it organizes the, the events um, throughout the year. Yeah. So it's the same dynamic. And why Think Books? Could you talk us through the name? Um, I don't actually have an answer for this. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it came from. I mean, we 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 went through a lot of different iterations of a lot of like different names, and I think it came from the idea of you know the the artist book as an object as a medium um, of expression. It came from the idea that you know um, objects as things book as things it was a lot of like connections uh it also came from a bit of frustration of like we've gone through so many different names we've thought about this for so long let's just kind of settle on one so i think yeah and i think also like you know there's that pun which i won't get into but yeah okay well i dig the name it's cool and i also like that you said oh i book community art book blog do you see yes. blog yeah it's a blog yeah i think <laughs> I think that's such a good way to think about it because it's sort of amorphous and then it's always evolving. Um, so I wanted to pick up on, on that, you know, like think books and thinking about Singapore Book Fair beyond the weekend that it takes place, right? I think that's the idea of building a longevity. Um, and in the past, you've also had sort of like events lead up to Singapore Book Fair. Um, mm-hmm. Could you talk about, you know, the ideas that you have had um, in terms of programming for, for the fair? Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically for this year or like uh, it could be this year it could be talking about something that you're really proud of from previous years mm, I think um, I feel like the one f- the one that did it for me was in 2021 uh, right out of like or rather when we were still in the pandemic um, and we had to rethink a lot of ways to present something so physical um, an experience that is so physical not just with um your one-on-one experience with an art book but at the art book fair when you're dealing or when you're talking with um, the exhibitors and to kind of have that lost like what then makes it an art book fair or what then makes it an art book so that was kind of when we launched um, art book ASMR which is like a a 10 episode series of literally just art book ASMR there's like nothing else to it Um, but it was super fun I think that was that was something that we partnered with uh, an ASMR um, artist person um, to work on that and, and I think it was a lot of fun for us uh, the team and then uh, in con- or rather in collaboration with our designers we also launched like a 10 episode seminar series online on um, the makings of an art book uh, it breaks down the different genres of an art book or the, the different um, forms that it can take so like art book as exhibition catalog or art book as artist book or art book as zine, as monograph, you know, because it's, there are so many things that fall under this umbrella of an art book, right? Um, we also launched the Singapore Art Book Library, which is, uh, for the most part, it's like an online space or an online catalog of our books <laughs> um, that we thought we could share. Uh, and then once a year, or we're trying to do it a little bit more often, but for now it's once a year, we, we have a physical presentation of it. So uh, this year we have it at Starch. It's happening next week around 15 April uh, to 4th May. 
so people can come down and browse the books that we have. So a lot of it that are in our collection are not at the fair because um, sometimes I travel and I buy books and or like I, I buy online um, that, and they're not as easy to get at the fair. Uh, so I think, you know, having a catalog of all of this um, for someone to come in and still experience it uh, is, yeah, is something that is valuable to, for us. Mm. Yeah, I think these are all such great ways to build the identity of Singapore Art Book Fair. And I remember distinctly the series that you talked about for last year coming out mm -hmm. and how they were just so fun to watch and also really informative. So um, edutainment at its best, I think. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask then, how do you balance the creative and the practical? Because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking like, well, these are really good ideas. Um, but then how do you like find collaborators? How do you also like pay for everything? Mm -hmm. Um. There's very many questions. <laughs> I think, how do I balance the creative and the practical? I feel like I'm more of a practical person. I think I'm more like, like I, I don't identify as an artist. I identify as an arts practitioner. So I do spreadsheets and I do paperwork and it's all within the arts. But when it comes to the creative side of things, I know that it's not my strength. So I leave it a lot to um, the people who have better ideas. So Abu ASMR was actually from... Uh, uh, one of our, so our previous uh, marketing manager for 2021's Art Book Fair, um, her name is Bernie, she's also a curator and an artist. She came up with the idea of like, you know, why don't we do like Art Book ASMR? Like, it's like, you know, like it, it, it can be quite shock, you know, to have it like, um, yeah. So I think it was from that very casual conversation. They were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's find someone who does it and let's work with them. Um, even like the seminar series was by currency. So a lot of these things I kind of take from the team or I take from people that are close to us or people that um, are familiar with the Art Book Fair who sometimes kind of just like throw out ideas. Uh, this year we also had the Knock Knock series of like studio visits um, that, was, that was essentially thought of by this year's marketing manager, Seth. Um, yeah, so I think like it's a lot of Co uh, collaborative it's a lot of um, um, understanding that you know I, I can't do everything and to kind of let the team or the people around me have their say and have their ideas heard yeah um, I think that was another question like how do I pay for it yes <laughs> because it's an independent book fair right so how do you yeah how do you make sure like everyone is paid for the work that they do um, so, yeah, so we charge an exhibitor fee um, to the exhibitors that are showing at the fair. And then from there, that's basically my budget for the year. And that's how I kind of split it. So if that year I realized that, you know, I, we don't have enough to uh, do music performances, we drop that. If we don't have enough to um, make merchandise or something, you know, we drop that. So uh, it's essentially what I work within um, yeah, so that, that's how I fund it. And if that year it's not practical to do certain things or certain things that are not necessary, uh, we don't do it for that year, you know, just because we don't have the budget for it. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. And I wonder, just now as I was to you, you said like, you know, there are things to visit, of course, and then you also have these digital content, right? So how do you pay attention to both the digital and the analog? Because if we think about the art book, that feels very tangible. But then, of course, you engage with your audiences in digital ways as well. Hmm. Um, I think for us, 
or rather for me, the, the more important thing is the physical, it's the analog. And I think the digital just kind of comes in to serve that. And I think that um, especially with something like an art book, it's extremely different from say like a literary book where translating that into um, an ebook, it, it completely loses everything, right? It loses the entire experience. It's not, it's almost impossible to um, convert an artist book into an ebook. So I think because of that physicality, because of that tactility, uh, we need to kind of think around how to emphasize that uh, in an age where everything is digital. So I think a lot of things that we, that we think about is like, yes, it's presented digi digitally, but it still focuses on the physicality of the artwork. Cool. Hmm. And um, I want to ask about, again, something to do with money, because I think, you know, whenever we think about creative practices, we think, oh yeah, I know it's all fun and, you know, beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and all that, but of course it's still a business. Um, so I, I'm just wondering, you know, if you could speak about from all these years of experience, you know, what has been um, maybe a costly mistake that you've made or that the fair has made and how it has changed the way you've done things? Hmm. Um, I think the, the, the biggest one for me was when we participated in an overseas art book fair. Um, and because I think it was like the first time we were traveling there, essentially we were invited um, and they paid for flight, they paid for accommodation, they paid for, they even waived the booth fees, you know, um, which was great. And then because we were given such a huge space and I had, it was like my first time exhibiting overseas. I was like, oh, you know, let's bring down a lot of books. We can't carry it, let's ship it. And I think the shipping cost was kind of what like did me in um, because it was essentially just shipping books up to uh, to the place and then it's like thousands of dollars and then you know so I think that was that for me was like a, okay so in the future and I understand because there are a lot of international exhibitors that fly down and you never really know it as an organizer until you're exhibiting yourself so I think um, after that you know the the international uh, the international Apple Fest that we went for after we kind of just like packed everything in our luggage and like hand carried everything and like, don't do this shipping thing anymore. It's really not like economical. Um, yeah, but I think like financially, I feel like the, the cancellation of 2020 hit us the hardest, one of the hardest as well, um, just because we had already started work on, on the fair uh, and we're quite a few months in and then we had to cancel it. And by that point I had already paid the team I paid the designers. So I think canceling it and then having to, and then not having any sort of income um, because our income is from exhibitor fees, right? So yeah, I think that, that for us was quite, was quite a huge hit. Hmm. I see that. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that from then you kind of, you know, also learned, like you, you said, you know, can carrying the books and everything. And then 2020 was such an anomaly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think lots of creative businesses were also hard hit. Um, how did you then bounce back for 2021? You know, how did you prepare yourself mentally, emotionally, and also just like make sure that it went smoothly? Mm -hmm. Were there any kind of hesitance on your end? Like, what was it like? Yeah, I think the hesitance just kind of like was all the way until the day of the fair. <laughs> we were still like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Um, the six months were really organizing a fair that, that may not happen. 
So everything that we did, we had to, you know, what if, the, what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? And then at what point do we, at what point is it a point of no return? Um, and I feel like, you know, some things you just kind of have to, you just kind of have to risk. Uh, you hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst kind of thing. Um, yeah, and I think like we, we also, because we, we couldn't have international exhibitors fly down, uh, we thought of the, the Adopt an Exhibitor program that we came up with that year, which then like a local exhibitor would help an international exhibitor sell their things. Um, so it was really cute, I think, to see that exchange and to see why we do what we do. Um, like when exhibitors talk to each other or when they help each other out, when they're like, oh, you know, because the only one person can staff the table, they're like, oh, I need to go to the toilet, can you help me? Like, and they're like, yeah, sure, let me help you for like five minutes and then, and then vice versa. There was also um, a case where an international exhibitor, because they couldn't come down, they were like, oh, um, can you take a picture of what it's like? Because at that point, you know, very few art book fairs around the world had opened up. A lot of them went virtual. Uh, so we were one of the first few that were able to host like a physical art book fair. So the international, he's from like Japan. He was like, can you take a picture? And then the local one was like, yeah, sure. You know, I need to like manage your expectations and he'll take a picture of the car and go like, there's not a lot of people. So don't expect a lot of sales, you know, but don't worry, I'm trying my hardest to, to promote your book. And I feel like that exchange was just very sweet. It was just like, a, yeah, I think it, it that year showed us a lot of things that um, were were very valuable to why we continue doing what we're doing. Um, it's really more than just selling books or or, um, or making books, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I think then, I mean, you're right to say that, you know, you, you have built an art book community um, because I remember that I was at the fair with um, Art and Market and we definitely had that toilet thing. Like, I need to go to the loo now. Can you help me with planning my booth? And yeah. then oh, if sales happen, then we had to deal with that. Um, so it was really a really nice convivial atmosphere. Um, so kudos to you and the team. I think it went so well and people were so excited to go to a physical event. And so that was really something very cool that you did. Um, and so I, I come to the next question, which is, you know, what is the most gratifying part of um, organizing Singapore Art Book Fair? And also conversely, what is the biggest challenge of Art Fair that you have? The most satisfying part. I feel like I've gotten this question quite a bit in the last like two months. <laughs> um, I feel like for me, it's very, it, it's very surreal um, when you're kind of working on something so hard for six months and it's all behind your desk, it's all behind your computer, it's all in very small three people, max like five people discussions. And then suddenly for three days, you're just hit with this like massive event that is just happening before your eyes. Um, and I feel like the buildup for us is, I don't know if the rest of the team feels this, but I feel this a lot in that like, it's a little bit like building a car and you're not sure if it drives. And I think like you're working so hard and you're working so hard for so long. And then finally, when you, when it's like go time and you're seeing everything, just the gears are just kind of like, you know, turning in front of you and everything's just happening in front of you. It comes with a bit of like an adrenaline rush that is a little bit like, hard to explain um, to people who, who don't fully understand like the, the putting together of an event like that. And I feel that for me is the most satisfying. It's less about, I mean, yeah, sure, you know, there are like moments where um, you see exchanges or, or 
um, opportunities or new things happening between exhibitors um, at the fair. Um, but I think like it's that it's it's when it happens right in front of your eyes and it's happening at such a scale that yeah I think that for me is is why I continue doing it. Um, challenges are. Huh? I think everything's a challenge. Huh? <laughs> it's, a, it's, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, um, everything is, is difficult to a certain extent, but I wouldn't say, I don't know what's the biggest, what is the biggest? I guess financially, um, not knowing if, you know, we're, I mean, not, not being fully sustainable yet, uh, not being able to kind of hire a full-time team um, not being able to pay for a venue, I think that for us is, is, is one of the biggest challenge. And I feel like we're slowly working towards that and being independent or rather not, not taking funding from the government um, is, is quite an intentional move on our part. But then conversely, you know, it's, it limits us in a lot of ways. There are a lot of things that we're not able to do um, just because we don't have uh, the budget for it yet. Can't wait for this edition, by the way. Um, the more I'm listening to you and you know all the obstacles that you've had to go through, but also you know the that really friendly atmosphere that you describe. Um, just looking forward to experiencing all of that again. I wonder if you could share um, a source of inspiration that has been particularly uplifting recently. I think the latest thing would probably be the Knock Knock series that we did, uh, which is like the studio visit series with um, local exhibitors and, and art bookmakers or small presses or artists. Um, yeah, to, I think to see them in their space or to see them talk or to hear them talk about um, their bookmaking practice and, and what they've been doing or why they've been doing it. Um, to kind of spend time or share share time with them, I feel like that was something that was, yeah, it was it was something that was really um, fun, but also like you know, kind of when you see them once a year and for three days, it's a very fleeting encounter. It's a very like touch and go, like oh yeah, I'm here to just check out your books, but to really spend time with them in their space, I feel like that was something that that I really enjoyed. Mm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And um, the final question, but again, a multi-parter. <laughs> um, looking back at your creative journey so far, how have the zigzags led you to where you are today? 
Um, I feel like I, I've learned a lot of, how do I put this? Like I've, I've learned how to kind of take or deal with things better. I feel like um, it's, Sorry, this is a bit of a difficult question. <laughs> I was not prepared for this. Um, what is it that to where I am today? Yes, and I think like how I how how I deal with things now and how I deal with like situations now is very different from um, how I used to or how I would back back then. And I think I owe it all to the people that I've met. Um, whether artists or, um, you know, people working in institutions or even down to, or like musicians or just literally anybody, right? Like, I think being in the arts, you, you have that blob <laughs> um, of support, I feel. Uh, people, to some extent, understand um, what you're talking about when you, yeah, like certain things that you talk about, you know, there's a, there's a sort of empathy and, and understanding with that. And I feel like it, that has, that for me has been, yeah, I think it's contributed to a lot of not just where I am, but I think who I am today. Yeah. Cool. And then I guess what, you know, for a final question, um, what do you look forward to achieving in the years to come? Um, I think growing <laughs> the Singapore Fair, I feel like not just the exhibitors, but also the people who come and visit, um, the appreciation of art books um, or of the medium of artist books uh, in Singapore. Um, I think to have people or rather to maybe like have a student go like oh um i thought of a work how can i make it into a book that very natural thought progression i feel like for me is something that is exciting um yeah and i think you know to also have more um, artists making books or more um small presses uh more art bookstores even yeah I feel like that's all something that, you know, contributes to, to the Arbo practice and community in Singapore. Okay, thank you so much, Renee, for your no time problem. today. Thank you. I've learned, you know, I've learned so much about Singapore Book Fair, um, how it started, you know, the triumphs and I guess the struggles that came along with that, and also what to look forward to in this year's edition. So I look forward to Singapore Art Book Fair, which is taking place from 29th April to 1st May 2022 at Singapore Art Museum at Tanjung Paga District Park. And if you'd like to hear about more creative practices in Southeast Asia, please subscribe to the podcast or follow us on Instagram at from a to zigzag.